When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, the ease of a nice boat ride toward the Golden Gate Bridge. That doesn't exactly match the intensity that will be on max between the Rams and 49ers and NFC West rivalry. On Monday Night Football in Santa Clara, game time temperature of 75 degrees. Gorgeous evening for football. Remember the Niners won the Week 18 game that got them into the playoffs. The Rams got the revenge when they beat San Francisco in the NFC title game on the way to a Super Bowl victory. As we welcome you to NFL Live, everybody. So glad to have you here today. You got Mina Kimes right there behind us, Marcus Spears, and Dan Orlovsky. Adam Schefter is joining us in moments. Lots of quarterback updates to get to shortly. Also, later, a deep dive of Monday Night Football, including the one player this guy says the Rams have to stop if they want to win. But first, let's get back to yesterday. Bills and Ravens, a highly anticipated matchup between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And this one in Baltimore, of course, three minutes, 30 seconds to go in the third quarter. Bills down 20 to 13, and Allen faking the handoff there, Dan. Just a great ball fake. He shows the ball to the defender, puts it on his belly, boots outside. Once he gets close to the goal line, it's incredibly difficult to stop him. Story there, Bills scoring 17 unanswered points. Four minutes to go in the fourth, and Lamar Jackson scrambling, running to the right, and then intercepted by Jordan Poyer. Yeah, beautiful job by Jordan Jordan Poyer getting that interception because instead of getting the ball at the three, they get the ball at the 20-yard line, makes the drive that much easier. Bills driving here first and 10 from the 11-yard line, and Devin Singletary taking the handoff, running up the middle. Ravens defense tries to let him score, but then he's tackled at the three-yard line. That was an important moment. Yeah, they were trying to get you always trying to punch the ball in that moment, but the goal should be to try to let him score. Then it gives Lamar and that offense an opportunity to tie the game. So three seconds to go, and Tyler Bass kicks the game winner. Let's hear from Harbaugh on some of the decision-making late. It gave us the best chance to win the game because seven, the worst that happens is if they go down the field and score, and I think we'll get them stopped, but if they go down the field and score a touchdown, the worst thing that happen is that you're in overtime. But you kick a field goal there, now it's not a three-down game anymore. It's a four-down game. You're, you're putting them out there. You're putting your defense at a disadvantage because they've got four downs to convert all the way down the field and a chance to, again, score seven, and then you, you lose the game on a touchdown. So you hear his thinking. Dan, did you like the decision? Absolutely. And it, we didn't get to hear Lamar, but Lamar after the game even said he agreed with the decision and he thought, as long as I execute, they'll be fine. And I've talked about this play all day. When you watch it on tape, you're going, Lamar's exactly right because he's got two guys wide open. Look at the slot top, the, the top of the screen. The slot is wide open. Davis is uncovered. He doesn't even know what to do. Look at the bottom of the screen. That's Duvernay, who Lamar's going to end up scrambling and throwing that ball to. That ball is a complete one, two, three decision spot route. If Lamar either started left and got it to the slot or started at the bottom of the screen right there and just read it in complete timing, that's a walk-in touchdown. We're not having this conversation. Real, the di- real difference of the game is Josh Allen, in the moments when quarterback play had to be paramount instead of talent, did that. I love Lamar. And there were moments when quarterback play had to be paramount instead of talent, and that plays the perfect example of it didn't. And that's why I believe that was the right decision. He just needed to execute. I, first of all, on that play, when I was watching the game, I said your detriment – 
is sometimes the most successful trait. Totally. And then sometimes it kills. Blessing and a curse. Because the thing that happened to Lamar Jackson, he was looking for Mark Andrews. Right. It was that yeah. simple. Right. Like his eyes was locked on 89. Or I'll go make a play. Or I'll go make a play. But before that play started, because you talked about the progression that you potentially should go through or find those matchups, he had Mark Andrews pegged before they snapped the football. That's a good point. <clears throat> and also, man, defensively, like the Ravens had so many opportunities to not only get Buffalo in bad down and uh, distance situations, they had opportunities to get off the field. And I'm talking about make a play, make a tackle. All right, this is over here. Just get Josh Allen on the ground. It's a fourth and one conversion. I know that's difficult, but sure. you got to have it. Patrick Queen coming on a – this is the, one of the best blitzes I've seen all season Stand long. Stand a high shoulder, right? Quarterback back to you, high shoulder, and you get off the – I mean, you give up a field goal there. So, look, Harbaugh talks about it, and coaches are supposed to say certain things. I trust my defense. In reality, no, I don't. Right. I know Josh Allen yep. and that offense and what they're capable of. Well, not many trust their defense against Josh Allen. Absolutely. Either. It depends on who's on the other side. At Mina, let's flip it for a second here, though, because the Ravens did move the ball at will in the first half. What changed after halftime? Yeah, I thought there were a couple of smart adjustments by defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier. Two things that jumped out to me in the second half. Um, the Bills' secondary was using more disguise, spinning in and out of their signature cover two, keeping a lid on the Baltimore passing attack, but also muddying the picture for Lamar to great effect. And the other thing that really uh, caught my attention was the fact that they were blitzing so much more in the second half. You see that yeah. blitz percentage jumping from 10 to 22%. I thought some of those blitzes were extremely well-timed um, and Lamar struggled against them, I think in large part because they weren't anticipating them. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks the Bills' defense blitzes. So when they did come mm -hmm. out in that second half and started blitzing a little bit, they had the element of surprise. And I think uh, that's a tremendous credit to Leslie Frazier. You know, back to the decision by Harbaugh, I want to point this out. ESPN's win probability model was actually in favor of Harbaugh's decision to go for it on fourth down at the Bills' two-yard line, giving the Ravens a 73.5% chance to win by going for it compared to a 69.7% yeah. chance to win by kicking the field goal. Let's get Adam Schefter in here to make take us through some of the top stories. And Adam, unfortunately, it's one of those Mondays where the focus is on injuries around the league. As you welcome me in from Santa Clara, what do we need to know, starting with Javante Williams in Denver? Lord, devastating news for the Broncos star running back, Javante Williams, torn ACL, torn LCL, Ugh. out for the year. A major blow for the Denver offense that already was struggling, and now... They're going to be without Javante Williams. You feel bad for him. Melvin Gordon will have to step up. There'll be an expanded role for Mike Boone, but the MRI this morning confirmed the bad news on Javante Williams, one of the best young backs in the National Football League. And the Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel announced today that Tua Tungabailoa will not play Sunday at the Jets. Of course, right? That's what people thought, but Tua is coming along. He is doing better. He is back in the Dolphins training facility. And that means that Teddy Bridgewater, the former Jets quarterback, will wind up starting against his former team on Sunday as Tua continues to recover. The Giants are shorthanded at the quarterback position when they'll be in London to play the Green Bay Packers. Daniel Jones left the game in the third quarter yesterday with a sprained ankle that was getting taped up on the sideline. Then Tyrod Taylor came on and got concussed. On this play, he's likely to not be available this week, which means it's either Daniel Jones or maybe, maybe they have to go to their practice squad for a quarterback like Davis Webb versus the Green Bay Packers. And the New England Patriots also lost a quarterback yesterday early on. Brian Hoyer suffered a concussion. They're still waiting to see if Mac Jones can make it back from a high ankle sprain that ordinarily would sideline most people four to six weeks. My understanding is that Mac Jones is going to have 
a chance to play this wow. week. We'll see whether he can come back from that injury. The Patriots sure need him back. He'll try to give it a go. We'll see whether he can get through the week. And if he can't go, then it would be the rookie again, Bradley Zappi, I would assume. Yeah, interesting uh, because Bailey, Bailey Zappi came in. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, Adam. Interesting because you really thought Mac Jones would be out a lot longer. More from Adam coming your way with all the latest news that you need to know on this Monday. Let's get to that game between the Patriots and the Packers. We pick it up in the third quarter. The Packers now down 10-7, to seven, Gosh, second 19 so good. on the Patriots. 20, Dan, you love it. Why? From too high safety. He peaks the backside safety and then allows Tunyon to bleed inside, puts the ball right on his chest. Man. Here's Bailey Zappi we were talking about making his NFL debut in for Brian Hoyer. Zappy in the pocket, lofting it up for Devontae Parker, wide open for the touchdown. This had to be Marcus's favorite play of the weekend because why do you <laughs> run the football to get defenses to come down and then it's easy throws over the top. You the Patriots up. Uh, fourth quarter, Packers down 24-17 and Rodgers drops back, finding the rookie receiver Romeo Dobbs for the touchdown. Absolute laser on the back shoulder. It goes to overtime, guys. We were enjoying watching this one on the text <laughs> chain. Packers lining up for the game-winning field goal with four seconds left and Mason and Crosby able to do it, but Aaron Rodgers says this is not going to last. This way of winning, I don't think it's sustainable because it's just puts too much pressure on our defense, and and uh, obviously I got to play better and will play better. But the second half is is our kind of football where we're mixing it up, we're throwing the ball outside the numbers. Obviously, we ran the ball, controlled the line of scrimmage really well, but we got to play better in all three phases. Like Aaron Rodgers' version of the Bill Belichick. Looks like he's in the, the movie Dune. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Marcus, what do you think Rodgers meant there, though, by saying the style of winning is not sustainable? Yeah, more explosion than what he's grown accustomed to, and that's the deep ball. Like, we understand what Aaron Rodgers likes to do in a certain way he likes to play. This offense is still really good, but I'm sure he's talking about stretching the field more, putting more pressure on opposing offenses to put more points on the board. When you think about you look at this game against the New England Patriots and you think about their third string quarterback playing, Aaron Rodgers has a certain standard, right? And in these type of games, and I understand Bill Belichick is on the other side, but in his mind, I'm believing he's standing at the podium saying there's no way we were supposed to be in this situation. Yeah. And he's going to probably carry the brunt of that, meaning scoring more points and getting in the end zone more. That's what I think he means. The offense looks good to the common man, but when you used to throwing for 350 and three touchdowns, at the drop of a dime, and that hasn't happened yet for you, I think that's what he was alluding to. Are you the common man? I mean, shoot, I must be a common man. You, you are. You're the common quarterback. Bro, I, they're the second most explosive <laughs> offense in the NFL right now. They, they're second in the NFL when it comes to explosive passes. Well, I, I, I'm going to keep telling you, you got to change the way you look at this offense. Yeah. Because while you, you said may, it before the season. While you, people may want balls over the top, First of all, he's still plenty capable of making throws like that. Now, that that's yeah. not necessarily an explosive play. Randall Cobb, this throw is ungodly, yeah, by the way, crazy. for people at home. For, for him to let that ball when he does to that trusted target is a big deal. But they're second in the NFL in explosive passes because the explosive passes are really one of two things. The ball's going to the perimeter right now or yards after the catch. And that's where these young players are starting to show themselves. We saw mm -hmm. Watson on that jet sweep handoff. Jet sweep, yep. That's a big one. We saw Romeo Dubs. The thing I loved about Dubs yesterday, Dobbs yesterday, they threw him that perimeter screen early on, ball went to the ground, fumble. The guy who ends up getting them in field goal range is Romeo Dobbs with two yeah. quick throws. Yep. I just think this offense is a different kind of explosive. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to agree with Marcus, and I guess it sounds like Aaron Rodgers, because I do think this offense has problems. Dan, on total, they're explosive, but 
They've been so inconsistent in this game. We only showed the highlights from the second half for a reason, because the first half was uh, really, really difficult to watch. And then in the Bucks game, it was the same thing, only flipped. They were good in the first half and then just disappeared in the second. I think that's what Rodgers is talking about. And some of that, I do believe, is the growing pains with the right receivers. You see that they're not quite on the same page. But I'll add this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can still, you know, he's still playing the quarterback position at a really high level, obviously, mentally, from the pocket. He's still an assassin. But he doesn't really move the way he used to. You don't see him extending like he did when he was younger. And to me, that puts more pressure on this offensive line. I thought Elton Jenkins at right tackle had a rough day at the office. And I think that's something they're going to have to look at to protect him better because that's going to be paramount for this offense to put together a complete game. Guys, by the way, Aaron Rodgers has a QBR of 43 this season. Oh, and if you're wondering at home, yes, we are taking our Christmas card photos today. As you can see, we all dress. We're going to have this conversation again this week. I disagree with you guys. <laughs> okay, all right, Dan, you're allowed you to disagree. You disagree with Aaron, then. He disagrees with everybody. We got a packed show for you on NFL Live. NFC title rematch. Headlines Monday Night Football. Lisa Salters with a live report on the Rams and 49ers. And how much they don't like each other is coming your way. Plus, Marcus, how about your Cowboys with this dominating defense and Cooper Clutch under center? Yeah, you did. You were out on that. Maybe you lit the fire. Uh, Swaggo's going to tell you the one thing Dallas needs to do better or does better than anyone in the league right now. I sure am. People, stay tuned. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're just about four hours away from a Monday night football matchup between the Rams and 49ers, a rematch of last season's NFC Championship game. 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes and the ESPN app. Peyton and Eli also back on ESPN2. Our coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6. And, of course, Lisa Salters, a part of the call right here on ESPN Miss Lisa! Yep. Hype squad hey up in here. Lisa, we love you. We love you so much. Uh, Lisa, what's the old expression? It's familiarity breeds contempt, right? Is tonight's matchup a prime case study of that between these two teams? Yeah, Laura. Well, players on 
and coaches on both sides of this one admit they just don't like each other. Uh, 49ers <laughs> linebacker Fred Warner said, when you see a team twice a year and then in the playoffs, you just get sick and tired of them. Uh, the Rams rode to the Super Bowl last season, of course, included a win over the 49ers in last year's NFC Championship game. But that was in L.A. The Rams haven't won here at Levi's Stadium since 2018, a fact that Sean McVay is very well aware of. And when asked about the recent losses here against the rivals, he said the simple answer is they've outplayed us. Toughness, physicality, those are two words that, that come up a lot when you ask players to describe this matchup. George Kittle said there's just an intent, an intensity, and a whole lot of physicality and violence. Kyle Shanahan said for him, hatred would be a little bit too strong of a word, but he said, I promise you, I cheered for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that kind of says it all, right? By the way, thanks so much for like the Trent Williams update is coming later in the show. We'll see you tonight on the broadcast. Uh, and let's get back to some action from Sunday. Steelers hosting the Jets after an underwhelming first half. Mitchell Trubisky out of the game. And Steelers rookie Kenny Pickett finally makes his NFL debut. The Steelers trail in 10 to 6. First drive for Pickett. What'd you see there, oh, Dan? Make a play for the young fella. It's an aggressive throw and a double coverage, no doubt, but. He's given Chase Claypool an opportunity to go make a play. Credit New York, they made it. Claypool did not. Let's get to the fourth quarter. Steelers up 13-10. to 10. Steelers on the Jets' one-yard line, and Pickett able to run it in there. Yeah, I love the aggressive kind of thought process. First thing to go, you get him on the edge, use the athleticism, big-time play. Later in the fourth quarter, get same score. Zach Wilson started to take over. Yeah, the ball, point. I love the placement on the right shoulder before the linebacker gets there. And then Brees Hall. Man, we saw him in the preseason, Dan. We yeah. knew he would be dynamic. He is a big piece of this team's success. The Jets win 24-20. to So let's read and react to some stories around the NFL. We begin with Zach Wilson. We'll talk about Kenny Pickett a little bit later on in the week. But what stood out about his return from injury on Sunday with Wilson? The fourth quarter he had yesterday was his best quarter as a New York Jet. Now, it took a lot to get there. His first couple quarters of football were tough. All of a sudden, the eyes flipped. He started to move defenders. He stopped staring exactly where he was going to throw the football. The gun play action was such a big part. The check downs, he trusted other people to go make plays. And then when they needed him to make a big time throw on second and nine to Corey Davis, he made it. The one thing changed was he started to use his eyes. Instead of stopping staring, I'm throwing it here, defense. He started to hold them down the middle of the field, trust what his eyes were telling him, and delivered the ball accurately. A great fourth quarter from Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's a big part of his development that they emphasize in this offseason. Of course, Simplify. he was out with the injuries. So, little time to catch up, but good to see it happen. Let's get to Dallas, where Micah Parsons and this Cowboys defense pressured Carson Wentz 16 times in their win over the Commanders. Dallas leads the NFL with 65 pressures this season. That's third most by any team through four games of the season. Since ESPN began tracking that back in 2009, Marcus, what's the one thing this defense does better than any other unit in the league? When they get you in third and long, you're dead, okay? Because of their rush packet, their guys, they're using their personnel, and Dan Quinn is doing a phenomenal job dialing up pressure when need be. That's the most important thing that I'm going to say about this Cowboys defensive line when they are pass rushing. When need be, it's a luxury to add a guy as opposed to using four. Between Dorrance Armstrong, Demarcus Lawrence, Fowler, and obviously Micah Parsons, this is the most devastating pass rush in the NFL on third down. There is really, a, it's positionalist. You can put these guys anywhere. Sometimes they all standing up. So 
to hell with your protection. Nobody understands anything. It's just a bunch of fast guys working on offensive linemen and finding mismatches. It's phenomenal. You might have been out on the Cowboys a little bit preseason, but you weren't out on the defense. I got to repent. No, I was not out on the defense. (laughs) Forgive me, Father, for my sins. All right, the Raiders got their first win of the season yesterday against the Broncos, and Las Vegas was able to do it with a lot of help from Josh Jacobs. After averaging fewer than 18 rushing attempts per game the first three weeks of the season, the Raiders ran the ball 38 times yesterday. Jacobs ran for career-high 144 yards to go along with two touchdowns in the win. Derek Carr even chipped in with 40 rushing yards of his own. So, Mina, can this be a winning formula for the Raiders going forward? Well, it certainly can be a change-up for them. One that came in handy, I think, against this Broncos defense in particular that is very good at rushing the passer but does see those light boxes to the run, and the Raiders really took advantage of them. Against light boxes, Josh Jacobs averaged 6.6 yards per carry, and Derek Carr on his feet, 8.4 yards per carry. Uh, This is important because it forces defense to not just double those skill players. They have to account for the run game too. This balanced Raiders offense will open up opportunities for the pass catchers down the field. All right, so we're all worried about Derek Carr getting into Devontae Adams. Apparently he just needs to run the ball. Coming up on NFL Live, it wasn't for the Lombardi Trophy this time, but Mina and Marcus break down how KC conquered Brady and the Bucks in a rematch to remember. You don't want to miss this next. We'll be right back. Ooh, ooh. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NFL Live on a Monday, and we go back to the Chiefs taking on the Buccaneers. Chiefs in possession after the Bucs fumble opening kickoff. And Patrick Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey across the middle 16 yards there, Dan. Yeah, it's called a jerk route. It's an awesome job of Kelsey keeping his distance from the backer, walking in. This play, Laura, is... One of those rare, indescribable plays where you sit there and you go, I don't think there's anybody else on planet Earth that can make it. The, the peace, the, the awareness, the spin, the eyes downfield, the flip to Elaire, everything is just a very rare moment. More on that is coming later. This is later in the second quarter. Chiefs leading 21-10 to 10 after the Buck touchdown. Noah Gray gets in motion and he sneaks it in. This Gray, is really cool design. Snap. Yeah, yeah. ex-high school quarterback. 
you know, um, Patrick's pointing the other way to attach the eyes of the defense and then walk in touchdown. Chiefs beat the Bucks 41-31. We showed you Patrick Mahomes scrambling touchdown pass to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If that looks familiar, it's mainly because he's done it before many times. Over the last five seasons, Mahomes has thrown four touchdown passes in which he traveled 30 or more yards before making the throw. No other quarterback, shocker, has done that more than once. Here's Travis Kelsey on his quarterback's magic act. The NFL hasn't seen anything like Pat Mahomes, I promise you that. And you saw it today. He's the Houdini of our era, man. The guy just finds ways to make plays uh, throughout the game. I mean, big-time third downs, big-time goal line plays, um, just willing our team into the end zone, willing, willing our team to win, and that's our ultimate leader, man. Boop. <laughs> okay, Dan. Can I it's... say something? <laughs> yeah, okay. please. Yeah, yeah. We got we to stop putting – we got to stop LeBron James and Pat Mahomes. Like, I know it's popular to talk about all other quarterbacks in the league just as far as playing the position. I still think Lamar is the most dynamic guy at the position when it comes to the entire package. But when it comes to playing quarterback, we got to stop doing him like we do LeBron Taking James. him for we, granted. We keep trying to find somebody that's better. Yeah. We want to anoint somebody that – Pat Mahomes is that dude, bro. Well, I think like, last I, night's game – I think we game, forget it, bro. I think last night's game is one of those games that remind us why we had the conversation two years ago. Is he the best we've ever seen? Is yeah. he the most talented yeah. we've ever seen? In many ways, it's like watching Steph Curry. You know, the game moves at such a crazy speed for everyone but them. Yeah. They move so slow, you know. And I said this this morning, plays like this because he has zero fear of making a mistake. I have to kind of change that. There's zero fear of mistake even being an option for yeah. Patrick in these moments. He only sees it as there is a play there to be made. And I have so much confidence that I can go make that play. And Marcus, you're right. Like last night was one of those moments where we have to be reminded, don't get bored watching greatness. Yeah. You know, because we're critical of him when he doesn't do it well. I remember last year being very critical mm -hmm. of him. And last night we do have to remind ourselves and everybody, this guy is once in a lifetime. And it's such a joy and an honor for us to get to go watch him play because he does stuff where we go. No doubt. Oh, dude, what do you even – What does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's sometimes it's one of those – I don't want to cut you off. It's one of those moments where I was like, I was in that league. Right. And, and I wasn't even close to that. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I feel the same way. It's, it's, it's players that come along every once in a while. And I know, like, all of these – the Josh Allens, the Justin Herbert, rightfully so we talk about how incredible they are. But I think sometimes Pat get lost in that because yeah. we saw it so early. Yeah. And, and what he accomplished. We just got to be reminded no, every right. once in a while. I'm going to go to another phase of their game, and if this phase of their game continues, the Kansas City Chiefs going to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. They are physical on their offensive line. Yeah. Mm. I think we take it for granted yep. because he's so phenomenal, and the passing game has been the focal point of what they do offensively. Last night, I saw for the first time in a long time, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defensive line get pushed back. No doubt. Off the ball. It was a new line of scrimmage that was being set up. And I wanted to give credit to the fact that they actually did it. Yeah. Right? How many question, games? Right? Will they do it? Right. How many games and how many shows even have we done where you say, man, you don't try that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Right. Hmm. They had a legitimate point to make. Creed Humphrey about how they were, and yeah, Trey Smith. And Trey Smith, brother. Yeah. They, had a, they had a clear point to come out and be more physical than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night. I think that's why the Chiefs offense looked so unbelievably daunting last night. Um, the crazy Patrick Mahomes plays, the magic, they didn't feel necessary. Yeah. Sometimes in the past, especially last year, I, heck, even the Chargers game recently that they won, 
it felt like, okay, Patrick, Patrick, make a crazy play. Ooh, but there's no down-to-down consistency. Mm-hmm. In this game, you saw how dominant the Chiefs can be on the ground. And by the way, this offensive line has been dominant. For me, what the big difference was was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Isaiah Pacheco both looking so decisive, trusting their blocks to set up. Uh, they look fantastic yeah, running the ball. The screen game looked excellent. I thought this was some of the best um, screens that I've seen the yeah. Chiefs run. Obviously very important against that Tampa Bay pass rush. When they can do this, when they can do the easy stuff and the hard stuff, yeah. I don't think there's a defense in the NFL that can stop I, I, I think their run game is a great point. Pacheco reminds me of, the, you know, the, the late, great Marion Barber. Marion Barber. Wow. Where, like, oh, every, yeah. every run is, hard, I am going to run physical, as hard yeah. as I possibly yeah. can. And that's yeah. different. That's a different – element for this offense. You guys know what I was thinking when I was watching uh, Patrick Mahomes' magic yesterday? I was like, what must it be like to be on that offense and to just be doing your thing and be like, well, I don't even know how this ball got to me. Yeah, front row seat. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm here to catch it. You are are the beneficiary of greatness. It's it's crazy. Uh, All right, let's get Adam Schefter back in here for more on tonight's game, or more on that game, excuse me. Adam, Cameron Braid ended up in the concussion protocol yesterday. What happened there? Well, we saw him stagger to the sideline again last night, one week after or a few days after the Tua Tungavailoa incident. What happened was the Buccaneers said that they determined that he suffered a shoulder injury on this particular play, even though he was laid out there on the ground, slow to get up, finally gets up. You could see he's a little bit wobbly, comes to the sideline. They say shoulder injury. And then this was right before the end of the second quarter, right before halftime. At halftime, they then reevaluated him and determined that he had a concussion. And so these are the just the type of issues, I think, that the league is trying to avoid after it's coming off the Tua Tungavailoa incident where the spotters on the sideline don't miss a play like this, where Cameron Bray lays down on the ground, is laid out, and somebody prevents him from going back into the game. It didn't happen last night. The Buccaneers said it was because of a shoulder injury, but after halftime, he was ruled out with a concussion. Yeah, um, interesting to follow either way, especially to your point, Adam, with everything going on related to Tua Tungavailoa. You updated us on at the end of the at the beginning of the show. You're in San Francisco for tonight's Monday night football game between the Rams and 49ers. And when Aaron Donald is lined up mm, across from you mm, on defense, mm. you want to make <laughs> sure you put your best foot forward, right? But that won't be the case tonight for the 49ers. Why is that? Well, they're missing their starting left tackle, arguably the best left tackle in all of football, Trent Williams. He's going to be out about a month with a high ankle sprain. And so the 49ers tonight will be starting at left tackle. I would expect Colton McKivitz. Now, that's certainly not going to be Trent Williams. Trent Williams is dealing with that ankle injury. And you saw how their offense struggled Mm -hmm. once he limped off the field against the Denver Broncos. It wasn't the same offense. You can't lose an offensive lineman that good, that big, that talented, and not expect to suffer. But I think tonight, after replacing him last week with Jamal Moore, they get back Colton McKivitz from an injury. I think they're hoping that helps some, but they're going to have to do a lot of things right to beat the Rams again here at home tonight. Yeah, Adam, we're going to pick this game later, and that injury factors into the picks. Catch more of Adam at 6 Eastern as the Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set for Rams 49ers with a two-hour pregame show on ESPN and the app. Each week, ESPN and the NFL shine a spotlight on the Monday Night Home Team's Coach of the Week choice. The Niners have selected head coach Paul Renault of Concord High School, and he's in his first season as a head coach. He's led the Concord Minutemen to a 5-0 start. I see you, Coach. Let's go, Coach. I see you. 
Hey, coming up next on NFL Live, Philly fans love Hurts as the Eagles come from behind and soar to 4-0. Dan is going to head to the touchscreen to talk about Hurts' red-hot red zone reads. That's next. We'll be right back. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Fighting Spirit Moment is brought to you by Modelo. Brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Hey, how about this? Monday night football coming your way. The Rams at the 49ers from Levi's Stadium. This one in less than four hours right here on ESPN. And you don't want to miss Omaha Productions. Of course, you see tonight with Peyton and Eli. Oh. They've got a few guests. Jalen Hurts, the first guest. we got Steph Curry and John Hamm on the show. Great option for a two-screen experience. You can watch the game. You can Two watch screens. Peyton and Eli oh. on the other side of things. Time now for a DraftKings Curry. Sportsbook prediction. And for that, we turn to Mina Kimes. Mina, who has more yards from scrimmage tonight, Cooper Cup or Debo Samuel? Oh, this is tricky because you know Samuel's going to get some carries, but Eileen Cup with more scrimmage yards so far this season because I am more faith in this Rams offense. Might be different if Trent Williams was playing, but I am concerned about this Niners offensive line holding up against the Rams pass rush, whether Jimmy will even have time to get Debo the ball, whereas I do think the Rams offense flows through Cup and it'll flow through Cup tonight. Could be a little preview of our picks coming later. Uh, Mina, I know you love the fighting spirit. You know who showed it? The Eagles and their comeback win over the Jaguars. So let's get to that one. Trevor Lawrence and those Jags visiting Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in Philadelphia. Eagles down 14-0. Under 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. Fourth and goal for the Eagles. And Hurts looking to throw. Dan, he has that power, too. Play of the game. Drive of the game. Down 14 nugget. They go for it. He puts his foot in the ground. Becomes a runner. And then watch Jason Kelsey here. Big 62. Best center in football. Miles Sanders walks untouched into the red end zone. All of a sudden, it's tied at 14. Now to the fourth quarter, under nine minutes left. Eagles lead 23-14, and then Sanders again. They were able to run the ball when it mattered, Dan. Out of the gun, too, which is a big deal. Over 200 yards out of the gun running the football yesterday. 110 of them 
on the zone read. Yeah, Doug Peterson's homecoming ends in a loss, and the Eagles get the win, 29 to 21. Despite trailing 14 to nothing early, Eagles stuck to their ground game. It paid off as they ran for 210 yards and four touchdowns, and Philly now has 10 rushing touchdowns this season, the most by any team through four games of a season since the 1995 Cowboys, who went on to win the Super Bowl. Running the ball, it's a recipe for success. That one was for you, Swagoo. Let's send it over to Dan and Marcus. I don't know what those dance moves are, but I'd like to just hear about the Philly run game instead. Why do you think we got the green on? Okay, three (laughs) things that stand out for this zone-read Philadelphia run game. Number one, Jalen Hurts and his decision-making. Just as important in their pass game. Two, the offensive line and tight ends. The movement details that they play with in three. The backs, you've got to press the hole, get to the line of scrimmage. All right, so this is going to be the first one. Now, in the zone read game, Jalen Hurts' job, read the end man on line of scrimmage. That's going to start with 44, Trayvon Walker, okay? But what's going to happen is that Jacksonville is going to pull a blitz off the edge, okay? So when this blitz comes off the edge right now, his end man on the line of scrimmage changes. Going back to the line to the start of the play, Dallas Goddard's responsibility right now when he's got the end man on the line of scrimmages, he's got this edge defender, okay? That, that alley defender would be Dallas Goddard. They bring the pressure off the edge. Now, Jalen Hurts, your decision-making becomes a different person. Instead of it being that defensive end, it's now that edgeman off the line of scrimmage. Dallas Goddard, instead of you blocking him, you got to have vision to that inside linebacker. That's step number one. That that interchange is everything. Like, the understanding between Goddard to go up to the next level. Great awareness. And he he becomes the second level. And then everybody at home, I want you to watch because this is called a a, a, uh, sideline pressure. They're dropping this defensive in away. Backside. Backside. Right so it's really just turning into a four-man rush. You just adding a blitzer into So it. that's great by Jalen Hurts because imagine getting the snap and going, okay, my end man on line of scrimmage is there. All of a sudden, the edge pressure comes. So number one. Number two, Dallas Goddard in that offensive line because Lane Johnson also has got to have awareness Absolutely. that his guy now becomes head-up blocking. And the third thing is this. This is what we call pressing the hole. You see Goddard going up into that inside linebacker. I want everyone paying attention to Miles Sanders here. This is big time because so often backs cut right now, and this guy can actually collapse in, Marcus, or this guy can fall in and make the play. What happens is, Sanders, look at that. That is called pressing the hole. Look at the, there is barely space between him and Lane Johnson. And look at, you talked about this a little bit, Marcus. I mean, there is a massive lane that he can run through for a big play. If anybody at home owns a vehicle, you could drive that vehicle through there. Right, so (laughs) Jalen Hurts and his decision making, the offensive line and tight end having the awareness of our rules can change on the fly. Yeah. And then Miles Sanders, press the hold, don't cut too early. Get to the line, really get to the block, and then cut off that block. That's why their zone read run game right now and is I'm going to tell you why that press is when we go to that next one. That press, the, the pressing the hole is very important. Oh, we had one. Well, people at home, when the back is pressing, the linebacker vision is skewered. You're looking at your tackle and you're trying to play that read. So when Dan is talking about a running back pressing the hole, it's not only about staying close to the line of scrimmage, he's actually hidden behind that right. big left tackle. Right. So the linebacker has to determine if he wants to come up and try to play that run at the line of scrimmage or if he's going to bail to the sideline and then it becomes an overfilled tackle uh-huh. with the running back. What, 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 what's next? What's coming up next? What's coming up next? We got breaking news. <laughs> No, don't do this play. Don't do this play. This is embarrassing to the BMB community, but it also shows a lot of hustle. Just keep running, big fella. I got some people that made plays, though. Y'all know what's coming up. The sweat is coming and the towels are coming. BMB for the Monday. Oh, I love it. Trying to do this play.
is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Download the app and use code NFL Live when you sign up. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to NFL Live. And this new on the show, a tweet from Todd Archer, our Cowboys Nation reporter, saying Mike McCarthy said Dak Prescott has a doctor's appointment on Tuesday for a checkup on his right thumb. The coach said he'd like to have Prescott to have a full week of practice before hey, he returned to game. No back. need to rush. <laughs> Take I time. see you. No I see what you've done, Dan. Hey, listen, uh, Cooper Clutch is making that easy. All right, let's get to big man balling. Cooper Clutch? It's big man bowling time, and y'all know how we turn up on this segment. Finna give you all I got. Kevin Bash. <laughs> Let me introduce y'all to the big fellas that made plays on Sunday. Let's go. Somebody better block him. All you doing is saying, where did he come from? Morgan Spill Jr. with the rip club. Go get the quarterback. Me and B ball there. Hey man, I said I was gonna calm down today, but why would I do that when BMB come up? Let's get this thing popping. They had some big fellas making plays, unlike the old lineman from Denver. Hassan Reddick had two of them, and I mean two of them, with the pool and Trevor Lawrence. Let me get that. You looking or down the field? You don't see me, but I see you. Let me get that out your hand, man. I gotta get the ball. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing up front. Hassan Reddick, a big free agent signing addition. Oh, but guess what? We did it again. Trevor, you didn't learn your lesson the first time. Well, let me get it again. And again and again, my man Rashawn Gary, I told y'all he was going to be a household name when this season ended, and he has becoming exactly that. Go around the edge. Get your hands off me. I don't want to talk to nobody. Who is this dude, Bailey Zappi? He about to get zapped. Look at Rashawn <laughs> Gary. It's scary. That big fella starting to come along. Excuse me. I don't have to recover it with my hands because we strong in the thighs, too. I'm going to hold the ball right here. That's a fumble recovery. And last but not least, y'all know when we get in the on here. I got to put them on here. My man T. Tart. Get down, big fella. And then break down. Look at him. He gonna break dance after this. Y'all know how I am about getting your hands up. Tip balls turn into interceptions. And then watch him break dance. These are the breaks. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Watch when he get up, y'all. I want y'all to pay attention to this right here. This is a big man balling trait. On his back, Whoa. he has what you call icy hot because we get tight during the game. But this allows us to make those type of plays. BMB for life, baby. The big fellas keep making plays. Y'all keep making plays because I need film. And when you send the film and I think it is worth it, I'm going to put it up there. Man, I think I'm going to go put some Icy Hot on my back. This is going to make me do no, that. No, no, Are you you kidding? Just use a glove. Just use a glove. Wanted to, <laughs> just use yeah, a glove. Don't get you it in your eyes. Um, okay. We need them patches when we wake up in the morning. 
Yeah, we do. Um, I got right. one on right now. Back to tonight. I knew I smelled something. Back to tonight between the Rams and 49ers. The 49ers locker room all quiet uh, right now. At what time did you guys get to the game usually? About three, yeah. Yeah, all right. So that thing should start filling in pretty soon as we get you ready for a game. And the last time we saw Aaron Donald against the 49ers was in last season's NFC Championship mm. game when he forced Jimmy Garoppolo into an interception that sealed the win for L.A. That continued a trend for Donald, whose pass rush win rate against the 49ers is the highest by any player against a single opponent since that metric debuted in 2017. And he's done that despite being double teamed on 58% of his pass rushes. Yes, that crinkle is Marcus Spears using a paper to pat down his We didn't got comfortable around here. Where in the hell are my towels? I think we left him in Buffalo, uh, but it is a real mystery. So if anybody has our BNB towels, just feel free to send them our way. So, Marcus, if double teams don't work, what can the 49ers try to do to slow down Donald? Nothing. Oh. Nothing. Everybody's tried everything. They can't do anything. Anything. Listen, I'm really concerned about Trent Williams being out because yeah. we talked about how the Los Angeles Rams uses Aaron Donald not only create matchups for himself, but create matchups for his teammates. And it seems to be when it's ever a critical time in the game against the San Francisco 49ers, you would think that Aaron Donald would be the one guy you don't allow to make a play. Sure. But the, the here's the thing about how he plays. And I'm going to get into this as the year goes along. He changes his plan based on the team that he's playing against. Very game plan specific. Very game plan specific. Rush specific as well. When you start talking about where he'll be lined up, how the quarterback likes to drop, where the quarterback likes to step up in the pocket, I think he has obviously they play in the division. He has a great understanding of what San Francisco wants to do from an offensive standpoint. But not only that, Jimmy Garoppolo, and he plays right into that every game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would answer your question, Laura, by saying, you know, the ball's got to come out quickly, as it has in the past mm-hmm. against the Rams. I think that's a big part of the reason why, um, in the, over the last few years or so, this uh, 49ers offense has had a lot of success against Los Angeles because the Rams' biggest weakness in recent years has been at linebacker, which is, of course, the area where Kyle Shanahan loves to torture teams yeah. the most. Yeah. The difference, and I think potential test for them this year, is that the Rams are much better at linebacker now. The combination of Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner has looked really solid for the first few weeks of the season. So I'll be curious to see if that effort to go out and get Bobby Wagner solves their 49ers problem, so to speak, and makes it harder for the Niners to complete those easy passes over the short middle of the field. I think there's two things tonight that have to be key for the Rams to win because you know, San Francisco has had their number for many, uh, you know, kind of yeah. two years, it feels like. Number one, yeah. you're going to see like six or eight tosses out of San Francisco's offense tonight go to the edge of the defense. Can the Rams stop it? Because, candidly, they have not done a good job of it. And they do such a good job in San Francisco of motioning it, motioning to it, gaining the advantage for it, and getting on the edges. And then you better stop Kittle. Because, to Mina's point, you are certainly better at linebacker, but he's one of the premier players in this league. And I understand that it used to be a weakness, but Jimmy Garoppolo, without Trent Williams, if I'm him, I'm going, where's Debo and where's 85? How many different ways can I get those guys the ball? So, if you set the edge and stop the ball on the perimeter, on the edge in the toss, and then slow down Kittle, the Rams win the game. If they don't, they lose. Well, that's the thing about Kittle, too, his inline blocking as well. We talk about his ability to – catch the ball and move around, but he is a great inline tight end blocker as well. So to them tosses, you got an athletic guy that's probably going to be getting up to the second level. A reminder again, Trent Williams out of this game. Let's pick it. Rams or 49ers. Marcus, you get to go first. I got the Rams. 
I got Why? the Rams 24-17, and I think Kyle. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh same look thing. at that across the board, no. guys. Anyone want to change their pick? I'm not changing mine. Hell, nope, with it. I'm, Aaron not Donald my, I'm not changing mine um, either. I, Kyle Shanahan will make this a ground-and-pound game. That's the success he's had against the Rams. That's why I don't think it'll be that many opportunities for Matthew Stafford yep. to put points on the board. Yeah. But I think they come out with it. Yeah, them. the last thing I care about is being wrong. That's the only way I feel I can strain to be right. I'm picking the Rams by one. <laughs> what was that? Nina, why are you picking the Rams? Uh, uh, Trent Williams is that important, arguably yeah. the most important yeah. player on that offense. That's really what swung it for me. I think this will be low scoring, though, because I think the Niners' defense also is going to present a very challenging matchup no for a Rams offense that's been a little bit up and down. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I got it like a little higher scoring. I think I want to yeah, lower you're my like scoring. You're Laura. Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. People want to put on a show. Yeah, Troy, Troy, Troy Joe Buck and Miss Lisa. Yeah, they do. By the way, you will see them, of course, at 8 p.m. How you like this color? Nice Dan, color. Who's I in say, first place in the NFC East? Looks like East. a green apple job. Yeah, we love, we love that you love the Eagles. Uh, enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. And look Did at that, the Golden them? Gate Bridge. You never played for that.